Good morning, everyone out there. Those who are chiming in by way of YouTube, those who are listening to my audio podcast, that is the Christian Walk podcast, or any other social media I may post this video on. But let me just start out by saying good morning. And um, I hope uh, your day is going fine. It's Sunday morning. It's actually football day. Football. We haven't had football in a long time. So today is football Sunday. And it's uh, the Saints will be playing the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Amen. <laughs> I know that's not the gospel, but it is good news. Amen. So, and I'm representing, amen, with my Saint shirt on. And we're excited about that. But most of all, I'm excited about life. I'm excited about Jesus. Amen. I'm excited about what God is doing in my life. And with that being said, I have this lesson I want to share. It's just something God been ministering personally on, but I believe it's it also can be a help to other people. You know, it starts with me first. I always say that the chef is the first one to taste the food. So it comes to me first. And then I just uh, teach what I've learned. Amen. So with that being said, uh, I entitled this lesson, Living in Victory. Living in Victory. First of all, I want to say that Jesus has already won us the victory. But there's a big difference between having the victory and living in victory. So we want to focus on not just having victory because we have the victory through Jesus Christ. Amen. But living in victory, you can actually have the victory, but not live in it. Amen. Through ignorance or either through flat out disobedience. So with that being said, we're going to go into the lesson and we're going to be coming from our first scripture is going to be Psalms 27 and we're going to read verses one through three. The first verse says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now, we want to focus on that part where it says, the Lord is the strength of my life. So in order to have victory, we need to first of all recognize where our strength comes from, where our help comes from. The psalmist said, the Lord is my strength and God is our strength. Amen. So what is strength? Now it says here, this the official definition. It says the quality or state of being strong. Okay. So the psalmist was saying here, God was the source of his strength. So God was his power for living. Amen. Again, what is strength? The second definition is this. It means the power of resisting attacks, impregnability. So our power, get this, our power to resist the influence of sin, the flesh and the devil and live a victorious life comes through him. So we need supernatural strength in order to live in victory. You know, it's not our own strength. It's the strength we get through the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to live a victorious life. Look what it says in Zechariah 4 and 6. And I'm focusing on Paul B. It says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. Now, what God was telling Zerubbabel there was, you're not going to be able to accomplish what I have put in your hands to accomplish in your own strength. You're going to need the power that comes through 
my Holy Spirit in order to fulfill the task I have assigned you to do. We all have a task. We all have a job to do down here. Whatever that job may be, you know, we need the Holy Spirit to get it done through us. Amen. We can't do it in our own strength. We have to rely and know that it's the Holy Spirit working in us. Amen. Acts 1 and 8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So it is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, working in us, enabling us to live in victory, enabling us to walk in power. Amen. We need power down here. We need power. I can't overstate that enough. Amen. The question is, what is our responsibility as it relates to us being strong? Because we know we have the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us and he's the one doing the work. But we also have a responsibility. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit is not a a maker. He doesn't make us do things. Amen. He doesn't just take control. We have to yield control over to the Holy Spirit and we have to allow him by choice to work in us. Amen. God is not going to force us to do anything. You know, the Holy Spirit works alongside of us. In fact, the Bible calls him our helper. Amen. Look what it says in Ephesians 6 and 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might okay so what is my responsibility number one i must stay connected to my power source the holy spirit and maintain or stand in my place of victory that jesus won for me so we have to stand in that place of victory we have a responsibility and so there are three things we need to understand is there are three things and i mentioned them earlier that are working against us as it relates to us living in victory and we need to understand these three things okay number one is sin amen romans 6 and 14 says for sin shall not have dominion over you for ye or excuse me for you are not under the law but under grace. So we are under grace. And that word grace means God's enabling ability. In other words, power. So here's the thing. We have been given power over sin and we are not to allow it to dominate our lives. No Christian believer should allow sin to dominate their lives. The only way that can happen is Number one, we either ignorant, we don't know what we have, and we don't understand that we have power over sin, or we willingly allow ourselves or allow sin to reign in our lives. Amen? So, sin should not dominate our lives. Moving on to number two, the second thing that's going to work against us is the flesh. Amen? Romans 7, 18 says, For I know that is in me. That is in my flesh dwelling no good thing. For to will is to present is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Now this was Paul speaking. We know that Paul wrote three thirds of the New Testament. He was the greatest Christian in the New Testament. He wrote a lot of the books. And he says, That is in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Now if Paul said that, what about us? that corner nature, that flesh, we are not to allow it 
to dominate our lives. Amen. Look what it says in Romans 8 and 12. Therefore, brethren, we're debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. And look what it says in the New Living Translation. I like the way it translates it. It says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. See, that sinful nature. This this body we walk in, it has urges, it has desires, it comes with those things. And a lot of those things are perfectly okay if we partake in the way that God has designed us to partake in. For example, sex. There's nothing wrong with having sex as long as you're married. Amen. There's nothing wrong with eating food as long as we don't overeat or we don't overindulge or we don't glut ourselves. Amen. So in that sense, we can gratify our flesh legally, but to do it in an illegal way and to do it in a way that God has not designed for us to do such as fornication, you know, adultery and all that stuff is wrong. Amen. And we don't have to obey our flesh when our flesh urges us to do those wrong things. Amen. We have power to say no. Amen. We have power of choice. God has given us that power. Amen. And number three, the third thing that's going to work against us and we have to be careful of is the devil. You know, the, the Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air, the father of lies. Amen. Ephesians 4 and 27 says, neither give place to the devil. Amen. And I'm going to read that in the Amplified Version. I like the way it puts it. It says, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. See, the devil is looking for an opportunity to work in my life. He's looking for an opportunity to work in your life. You know, as believers, once we accept Christ, you know, we become born again. We're new creatures in Christ. You know, we're on our way to heaven. You know, the devil can't do nothing about that because once you accept him, you know, you accept him. But one thing he could do, he could embarrass us. Amen. He could damage our witness. Amen. He could bring us to an open shame if we allow him to. He's always trying to discredit our witness as Christians. He's always trying to destroy our image or to make the body of Christ look bad. Amen. So we have to be aware of that, you know, and the Bible says, don't give no place to him. You know, one version says, don't give him a foothold. Now, a foothold is when somebody grabs your foot, amen, they're trying to take you down. One of the best things to do to take a person out is to grab their foot. Because why? Because if you cannot stand up, amen, then he can get you to the ground. He can take advantage of that. So the devil is trying to get a foothold in our lives. He's trying to get... A, us entangled in some type of sin, ensnared in some type of trouble, something that where he can work with and use to slowly pull us down. And we have to be aware of that. Now, in this context, it actually was referring to anger, but there is also a wider meaning. Amen. We should not give the devil no place in our lives, in any area of our lives. Amen. Be it anger. Amen. Be it a whole other list of things we should not give him place amen so with that being said i hope you've been blessed by this short lesson listen be praying for your brother if 
you enjoyed the lesson and it was a blessing to you, gave you some good understanding, hey, let me know. So with that being said, listen, be blessed out there. And thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, and go Saints.